Press the button, my friend. The Out of Bounds Show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out. Even though he won't watch the game, we wanted to have day part two on so that hopefully he'll tell us what he's going to cook and maybe sip on since he's in the middle of Pinot Noir country and craft beer country for sure. Uh, Day bar two, the numbers nerd, college football matrix, driving college football to another level. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance call in line. This is the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. You do know that the Chiefs and the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, right? Pretty sure. Okay. Pretty sure. Actually, actually, when you said it, I did have to hesitate for a second just to make sure that that's <laughs> who was there. Um, but uh, no, I, 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 you know me, I scoreboard watch. I don't really watch the games at all. I'll just watch the scoreboard and like the Super Bowl, if it's close, I'll turn it on. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, you know. Plus, it's it's uh it's conference championship weekend for uh for my kids' university and uh, for the swim team. So we'll be uh we'll be engrossed with that for uh for the good portion of the weekend. How far away is that? Mm, like three hours. Okay. It's not bad. I mean, out you Griswolding it. As out here, yes, we are, dude. Road trip. Actually, actually, uh, me and Mrs. Matrix have been to every road swim meet this year. So, okay. um, yeah, no, we've been we've been Griswold and do y'all all... tailgate? I mean, do you have a a craft beer? Has it worked? No, <laughs> no, we don't tailgate because these things are are, are pretty quick in terms of uh, the the dual meets. You just uh... kind of show up and and go, but. Uh, uh, they have one big home meet a year and, uh, we'll get the, we'll get the travel trailer out for that and tailgate that thing for three days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that's, uh, that's back in, uh, in November. So oh, not, not, okay. not this one, this one's, uh, this one's load up the, this is totally Griswold and it load up the car, throw in the mutts and, and here we go. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, I wanted to let you know that we've, uh, we've made Bama fans mad. Because we claim that Jalen Hurts is an Oklahoma Sooner because oh. he finished his uh, career at Oklahoma. And it, it rubs him wrong, you know, because we, we've been talking about it nonstop that, you know, at the end of the day, we think Jalen is, is more boomer sooner than Roll Tide. How, how do you see it? Um, well,. You know, that's an interesting paradigm with the transfer portal because how many guys are you emotionally connected to anymore? Because we, I mean, don't we love the guy that signs with state and stays there for four years and goes to the NFL and you just cheer for him because he's state the whole time, Good you know, but, but, but is he really state if he shows up for one 90 day period to, to get paid to play some football and leave? Is that really a state Okay, you know, or Ole Miss? You know, I, I just wonder about the psychology of the whole thing. You know, the connectivity to it. How much do we lose it? I, you know, personally, I'd ask Jalen. Jalen, who, you know, Jalen's probably like, uh, I don't, I don't care. I'm neither. <laughs> I wasn't in either place long enough. Right. You know. Right. Um, I would imagine in his heart. I mean, if it's me, right? I'm probably the first place I committed to. Probably Alabama. Right. Not to shoot your theory down. 
right? And I know you're doing it just to troll Bama fans, and that's cool. That's what you're supposed to do, right? You love state and hate everybody else in the SEC, especially LSU fan. I get it, right? <laughs> so that's the rules, 24-7 down there. You guys are nuts. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it also adds another question to it is, you know, how do we treat this going forward? You know, and I, I think it just comes down to the player. How much does the player support the university? I, I It seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, that Hurts uh, talks a little bit more about Bama than Oklahoma, but I, he I does. could be wrong. He does. Yeah. He does. Um, all right. So would you be – were you devastated? Now, uh, tell me your level of disappointment when Oregon lost uh, – the nat- well, they lost two, but the the one that was close was when Cam Newton drove Auburn down the field wow. at the end. So, what was your not not any a lot? What was your level of disappointment that night? Um, that one, you know me, I'm not that emotional with this stuff. I still see it as entertainment. It yeah. doesn't bother me at all. I don't think about it. I went. I. I I do know going into that game. The reason I went to that game, I didn't go to the Ohio State game. I sold my tickets off, um, and we didn't go, and I promised the kids I'd just buy them a new big-screen TV at the time. Uh, and so that's what we did. We sold, we sold off the tickets and bought a new 60-inch TV, and we put it downstairs in the, in, in the man room, and we watched the game on our new TV okay. while they got their arses busted by Ohio State because right. I'm like, this guy's going to kill them. But with Auburn, I was like, I, I went to the game, and because I I knew this is this is the best shot for Oregon to win a national title, because you got Cam, you got one defensive player, you got Ted Roof. Come on, man, Ted freaking Roof, that's embarrassing. Um, and and so I really believed that Oregon, this 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 was their shot. This was their this was their one true shot. Now it turns out it wasn't their best shot. It was it turns out to be their second best shot. Um, but I went there with the excitement of knowing that game was absolutely winnable, um, and just couldn't get it done. Yeah. But it's not it's nothing that I ever look back on. Oh, by the way, the stadium in Phoenix sucks. Jiffy Pops Corn Stadium. That place is horrible. What a Dump. Dump. It's embarrassing to have these college national championship games indoors on these rugs. Oh, uh, you're talking Auburn. It's terrible. Oregon, yeah. Auburn, Oregon, yeah. It was, it was terrible. It was terrible. I was, I was, the venue was terrible. Um, but, uh, but Auburn fan was cool and, and everything like that. So I was excited for the game and, and it was disappointing that they lost, but it doesn't, uh, I'm, I'm really numb to it. I do so much work in college football. I mean, look at, look at, I'm, you're calling me and I have, I'm doing three different coaching searches for three different programs right now. I got data everywhere. As soon as I'm off the phone with you, I'm back on the phone with, with coaches. It just doesn't stop. So I'm a little less emotional than, uh, than, than y'all down there, but it's also, I'm in Oregon and we don't care, uh, except if our teams are in the top 25. You you mentioned a couple of things, Dave Bartu, on the mm-hmm. Out of Bounds show to me in the last week. And yeah. you, you said, like, you know, we can all get excited about the offense in the NFL during the season. 
But you said defense wins championships still, even even with the evolution of the game. Isn't that what something something close to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I part of um, part of what we do have, have done to expand our grading program, our grading process. Okay, is uh, you know how we do coaching searches, obviously for college football programs, um, and we look at offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators. And so when everybody started talking about Todd Munkin going back to Tampa Bay, I started thinking, well, who are the best OCs and DCs in the NFL based on how we evaluate college offensive coordinators? So I pulled up all 166 offensive coordinators since 2000 (laughs) in the NFL. And, of course, I had to grade them all, right? And I did the same thing on the defensive side of the football. And I graded them all. And what one of the things that I found is the number one scoring efficiency team in the NFL. Um, actually, you two things. The number one scoring efficiency team in the NFL has made the Super Bowl nine times out of the last 22 years. The number one. They have lost eight out of nine of them. The number one scoring efficiency defense in the NFL has made the Super Bowl 12 times in the last 22 years, and they have won 10 of them. Wow. Okay, defense, defense, defense. In fact, I believe the number is of the 22 Super Bowl winners, the team with the better defensive profile wins it. I think it was like a goofy number. It was like 16. They were like 16 and 6 or something like that. You know, so offense is pretty, offense is sexy, offense is fun in the NFL, but it is not the driver of Super Bowl titles. It is the defensive side of the football. Now, this game we have here, we got the number one offense that's in the Super Bowl uh, We ha- versus the number five scoring efficiency offense. And then we have the number 10 defense in Philadelphia, I believe, versus the number 14 defense in Kansas City. So it's a very, very balanced Super Bowl. Uh, these are the number one and number three total team scoring efficiency uh, teams in, in the Super Bowl as well. So this is this is a great Super Bowl. Uh, you know, from a, from a number standpoint in the season, either one of the teams are very good compared to past Super Bowl winners and losers. Um, but I'm 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 going with the team with the best unit on the field this year. That is Kansas City, but historically, the best defense wins it, which is Philadelphia. Ah. So, either way, I'm going to be right. See, see what I'm doing here? Either way, I'm going to be right. All right, before we get into Tommy Reese and, and uh, Kevin Steele, um, yeah. uh, you, you mentioned the last 22 Super Bowls in the 2000s. Yeah. Like, who, I don't even know if you know this off the top of your head. If not, we'll move on. Like, who was one of the worst teams to win it? Oh, so the, the, that yeah, Giants team was it 2007? Yeah, they beat the Patriots. Oh, dude, you look at them compared. Look, look, everybody, um, everybody that has won or lost a Super Bowl this century, everybody, they have at least one unit that is top ten in offense or defensive scoring efficiency. They have at least one top ten unit. 
that you know so so try to put that in your mind you got 22 you got 44 teams on the board okay 43 of them have a top 10 offense or defense the only one without a top 10 offense or defense was that 07 giants team i think they were 15th in offense and 17th in defense wow i mean they, 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 they it was i mean you know and you think about it there's 32 teams 31 at the time 15 17 you know i mean that's the middle of the road that's eight and eight i think didn't the giants go into the playoffs eight and eight that year yeah they were a wild card team and played on the road all the way through and then went to the super bowl it, it, it is unbelievably inexplicable um how how they how they pulled that off not just winning the super bowl but all the teams they beat to get there and uh and the fact that new england lost that football game i mean they they, they're probably still paying the fine from from the nfl for that uh because in 2017 i believe uh that was they they were top two top three in offensive scoring efficiency and their defense was top ten. I mean, it, it's just not even. It just wasn't even close. Yeah, their dude, that offense was averaging over a point every two snaps. Mm. That was the. I think that was the one, two, three, four. That was the fifth best scoring efficiency offense in the last twenty-two years in the NFL. The loss of the Giants. So not only do the Giants numbers say there's no way they should be here. They, you know, they shouldn't even be in the Super Bowl. They shouldn't be winning the Super Bowl. They beat, and this goes back to, great offense doesn't win Super Bowls. It gets you there, but it doesn't win them. Mm-hmm. And, and New England had one of the top 10 offenses that we have seen in the last 22 years, um, and they couldn't get it they against They shut down. Oh, hell, and, and probably the second most improbable one was the Giants, what, four or five years later, 2011? Mm-hmm. 12, 13, something like that? Oh, both those teams. Now, who's the head coach? Was was Coughlin the head coach for both? Yeah, of those, and, or and was it? Tom Coughlin was the head coach of the Giants, and Steve Spagnola was the defensive coordinator in the first Super Bowl win by the Giants in '07, mm-hmm. and he is currently the defensive coordinator and has been for the Kansas City Chiefs. Dave Bartu. Nice. Yeah, I mean, see when I and so that's that's one of the reasons I did the numbers is. Look, quarterbacks drive everything. You know, you look at Aaron Rodgers, he's had five different offensive coordinators. His average annual scoring efficiency is the same with all it's it's the same across the board. It doesn't matter. You and I could go call plays and I'm 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 telling you, he'll be you know, his index will be two point five four. You know, it's it's just quarterbacks incredibly drive uh the league. Um so what I'm always looking for is the coaches that do more with less. So, like, whoever the head coach was and the coaching staff of the Giants in 07, dude, that's a group of dudes right there that know how to coach football, you know. Um, not not that, like, Belichick doesn't or anything like that, but he was gifted the best quarterback of his generation that happened to last for, you know, whatever drugs Tom takes, I want them. <laughs> if, he, if, he, if, he, if he puts out a bottle of Tom's Forever Elixir, I hate to say it. I'll I'll fall for that. I I want I want <laughs> I, love I want to know what kept him alive in the NFL. Um but yeah, it it, it uh those those two giant teams are off the charts unbelievable uh that uh that they won it. Um yeah, that 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 uh that 2011 New York Giants team 
was 25th in defensive scoring efficiency that year. Wow. 25th that year, I believe. Uh, Coughlin's a dude, man. He, You know, he uh, won. It, you know, expansion franchises don't win. And when he was yeah. at Jacksonville, Bartu, he, you know, he ripped off four straight playoff appearances, and and when Houston and all these other teams join, it's they lose and lose and lose. So he he's special guy. And Spagnola, uh, Spagnola yeah. is really good. Now on the flip side, the most badass Super Bowl team, yeah, okay, in, inside the numbers might be the 2013 Seattle Seahawks. They were when they number one. The Broncos. Dude, they were number one in offensive scoring efficiency. They or no, they were number one in offensive scoring efficiency for the regular season. They were number three in defensive scoring efficiency. Uh, their total team scoring efficiency was sixty-eight percent above the league average. That that was on paper by the numbers for that season. That might have been the best team. Oh, and the two thousand sixteen New England Patriots, number one in offense, number five. Uh, in in total uh, defense. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah it's it's the the NFL is it's what you would expect. There's a lot more parity there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look, you know, it's not like college football where I can narrow it down to look these these four teams every year based on their recruiting uh, and their coaching profile. The NFL isn't like that. But of the 44 teams that have won and lost. Uh, an NFL title, all but one of them was top ten in either offense or defense going into the playoffs. They were they were they had they had to do something really good walking into the playoffs. That's that's wild. 